from the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4 B. This is WIA National News for we commencing June 19. The most recent case of an interfering device on 146.0067 affecting the VK4 RBN 2 metre repeater has been resolved. Tim, VK4 Tango India Mike, has had confirmation from one of ACMA's field officers that the source of the interference in the Brisbane Carindale area was another one of those Omni WEP910D wireless headsets. Once again, as in the previous dealt with, the device was radiating a carrier at the address it was traced to and that once again VK4TIM had correctly located the address of its operation. This device is no longer operating. We should always keep an eye out for things such as this and Tim was alerted to its presence when listening to the VK4 RBN repeater whilst mobile with an evening to spare. It took only an hour to locate and was very good DF practice. There is a high likelihood that there will be more of these devices out there and operating and they are easy to find. All we need is to be proactive in locating sources of interference in the ham bands. But never ever make direct contact with the household you track interference down to fully document and contact the ACMA. It is believed that there have been a significant number of these things sold in Australia. An importer of them was allegedly prosecuted by the ACMA some years back, unfortunately not before potentially several hundred had been sold. The carrier frequencies of these devices is typically around 6 kHz above the VK4 RBN 147000 frequency. Bushfire early warning sirens will be trialled in Victoria, Steels Creek, ahead of the next fire season. The trial follows a two-year campaign by the community, many of whom were caught off guard on Black Saturday as the massive fire front swept towards them. Steels Creek resident Norm Stewart welcomed the prospect of early warning sirens in an area with poor mobile phone coverage. On the day of Black Saturday, there was nothing on the radio warning us of fire in our area, he said, so we approached the government to ask for an early warning system. When our power goes out, there is no phone service. A second early warning system will be trialled in Olinda, with installation and testing of both expected to be completed before the start of the 2011-12 bushfire season. You can read the complete report of this in the Lilydale and Yarra Valley Leader. Ahead of our weekly WIA Director's Report, and this week Director Bob Bristow, a word now from Robert Broomhead. Reserve your copy of the WIA Centenary DVD, as announced here on the WIA National News in AR Magazine and on the WIA website, a commemorative Centenary DVD is being made available for purchase. This professionally recorded and produced twin DVD box set includes footage from the WIA Centenary Convention in Canberra held last year. Registrations to obtain a copy of the DVD will close at the end of this month, 30th of June 2011. Don't miss out. Register today to reserve your copy. Simply go to the WIA website and click on the WIA Centenary Celebrations under the News and Events tab. It's been known for a long time that the amateur radio population in Australia is ageing and if nothing were to be done to address the situation, the hobby would be in danger of fading away. A few years ago, amateur radio licensing in Australia underwent a review and restructure, bringing about changes that have now been proven to be successful in bringing new people into the hobby. 
I've heard it said many times that the hobby has been dumbed down by the introduction of the Foundation licence. However, there's no evidence to support that assertion. In fact, a large number of Foundation licence holders go on to gain their standard or advanced licences as a matter of course. This cements the position of the Foundation licence as an entry-level device to attract new people into the hobby. So, is the amateur population growing? Well, yes it is, and steadily. However, the total number isn't growing by the number of new licensees entering the hobby. Why is this? It's because the average age of amateurs in Australia is quite high, and a number of amateurs leave the hobby each year due to infirmity, lack of facilities in their aged accommodation, or simply by going silent key. This slows down the net growth of licensees. The WIA board is seeking to attract younger people into the hobby and has already adopted some strategies and will develop others into the future. Concern about bringing younger people into amateur radio was expressed clearly several times at the open forum of the recent WIA AGM conference in Darwin. The board will soon announce and call for applications for the club grants scheme for 2011 and some of the grants will help fund projects that will encourage young people to take an interest in amateur radio. The board has already announced a low WIA membership fee for full-time students under the age of 25. The responsibility to pass on this great hobby to the younger generations rests with all of us, and whether we achieve it by our direct action or by supporting the actions of others, we should all do what it takes. I'm Bob, VK6POP. VK1WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. Hello everyone and welcome from the members of the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. Well after entering two teams in the just completed VHF UHF Winter Field Day contest, one station which allowed our less experienced foundation licensees to get a taste of contesting, the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club is now gearing up for the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend on the weekend of the 20th of August 2011. The Central Coast Amateur Radio Club will be operating from the surrounds of Nobby's Head Lighthouse in Newcastle and as far as the club is aware this will be the first time that Nobby's Lighthouse has been registered for this annual event. Central Coast Amateur Radio Club will be operating alongside many other local clubs at various venues in Newcastle and on the Central Coast during this worldwide event. And now for the date we have all been waiting for. The Central Coast Amateur Radio Club Field Day at Wyong will be held on Sunday the 26th of February 2012. That's right, Sunday the 26th of February 2012. So put this date in your diary, book the leave pass and start saving those pennies for Amateur Radio's Big Day Out. Central Coast Amateur Radio Club meets on the first Friday of the month with the next meeting Friday the 1st of July 2011. The meeting will be held at the club rooms in Dandaloo Street, Carryong at 7.30pm. The club rooms are usually open each Saturday from 10.30am and a project and development group meets each Tuesday at 7.30pm. For more information, visit the club's website www.ccarc.org.au or call 0243-402500. And remember, Central Coast Amateur Radio Club Field Day at Wyong, Sunday 
the 26th of February 2012. Thanks, Rod. We'll certainly be looking forward to that date in February. VK3 in a Queen's Birthday report. The aimed three activations under the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award by Tony Hamling, VK3 VTH, over the long weekend, took place from the Gunbower, Barmer and the Lower Goulburn National Parks. He reports a decent 69 contacts log, which included all mainland states and some DX as well. No doubt his portable combination of a K3 transceiver and beam antennas did the trick. Tony, VK3VT8, said that the interest is growing in the Amateur Radio Victoria Operating Award and a few guys chased him from park to park. Full details of the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award can be found under the award section of the Amateur Radio website. Home of the good guys? Cordia. NZART have had some very excellent news that Cordia will not be charging NZART for the rental of their sites for the next five years. Although, yet to confirm this in a formal contract, Vaughan Henderson, ZL1, Tango Golf Charlie and Otago Branch 30 are to be heartily congratulated for their by no means small involvement in bringing this about. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. With education, youth and advancement of amateur radio, I'm Jason VK2LAW. ARCS Academy conducted a combined standard advanced course over the last six weeks in Melbourne area and would like to congratulate Brian for upgrading from standard to advanced Rodney for upgrading from Standard to Advanced and Charlie for upgrading from Foundation to Standard and also Mickey for upgrading from Foundation to Standard Level. Hope the new licence levels enable you to enjoy amateur radio for a long time to come. Well done to all at the team at ARCS Academy and listeners to this, the WIA National News. Also thanks to Lino VK3EI, Lionel VK3NM for their efforts during the course and Keith VK3FT for his assistance with the assessments. 119 new amateurs get their call signs. The radio amateur examination results were published in South Africa and showed the youngest candidate who wrote the Class B exam as 9 years old and the youngest who wrote the Class A exam 11 years old. The oldest person to write is 71 years and the overall pass rate for Class A is 79% and Class B 50%. JG Woodburn ZS3JW with 97% scored the highest marks in the Class A examination and Jay Fleming ZU3JW achieved 97% in the Class B RA. The standard agreement with ICASA is that all new amateurs may use their call signs immediately and do not have to wait for the paperwork. Letters and certificates are in preparation and will be mailed soon. Now the international news, and first it's up to Amateur Radio Newsline. The FCC is asking for public comment on the implementation of the CALM Act, which aims to regulate the volume on TV commercials to that of associated programming. The CALM Act was enacted by Congress last December 15th. It requires that the FCC adopt regulations for television broadcasters, cable operators, and other multi-channel programming distributors on or before this December 15th to limit volume excursions between programming and commercials. The NPRM addresses regulatory enactment, compliance, viewer complaint procedures, enforcement, and other matters concerning adoption of the CALM Act. Comments to the Notice of Proposed Rulemaking will be accepted for 30 days after its publication in the Federal Register, and reply comments will be due no later than 45 days after the Federal Register publication. The new regulations will go into effect one year after they're adopted.
One of the best ever public relations spots ever done was aired recently on KCTV Channel 5 in Kansas City. It featured only a reporter, two hams, and an HT, but is an excellent example of how an interview should take place. The interviewees were hamclass.org instructors Brian Short, KC0BS, and Matt May, KC4WCG. The HT was a Yezu VX7R, but it was the comments made by Short and May that made this such an outstanding bit of morning television. Actually, there's a lot of ways that people can get involved in a response, uh, but all of them really require some sort of expertise. You need to bring something to the party, so to speak. Uh, there's great opportunities uh, through Red Cross, Salvation Army, and another great example of that is amateur radio. If you're a ham involved in publicizing the hobby or just want to see how to do an interview correctly, then this is must-watch television. It's now up on YouTube.com. You can reach it by taking the shortcut link of tinyurl.com slash 42NTAGQ. Researchers have set a new record for the rate of data transfer using a single laser. The speed reached is 26 terabytes per second. The trick was to use what's known as fast Fourier transform to unpack more than 300 separate colors of light in a laser beam. Each is then encoded with its own string of information. The technique is described in the journal Nature Photonics. The report says that at those speeds, the entire Library of Congress collections could be sent down an optical fiber in about 10 seconds. Some high drama has emerged in the aftermath of the tornado that ripped through Joplin, Missouri, Sunday night, May 22nd. It's a story of true ham radio heroism as applied to us by Patty Flowers Palmer, KD0AEL, and Amateur Radio Newsline's Don Carlson, KQ6FM, has the details. Patty Flowers Palmer, KD0AEL, tells Amateur Radio Newsline that it was on Sunday evening, May 22nd, while a young amateur was finishing with post-Skywar net control duties, that a voice was heard calling for help over the 146.91 W0EBE repeater. Caleb Burns, KD0BWT, responded to that call. It was coming from the Freeman Hospital in Joplin, Missouri. The news it carried was that a devastating F5 tornado had destroyed much of the community as well as its regional medical facility. In that exchange, crucial medical supplies were ordered and medical teams were called to duty. Initially, the call was made by an information technology person at that location. He was relieved by Thomas Ellicott, N0EKP, who deployed to assist his own stricken community. As that transmission was taking place, Steve Palmer, KA0SPM, and his wife Patty, KD0AEL, Andrew Brashers, KD0HUN, and Jonathan Rinty, KD0OSF, all who had been deployed as Skywarn spotters, responded by driving to Cox South Hospital in Springfield, Missouri. Meantime, Tom Hargis, WX0SML, and James Justice, KD0GUU, both of whom had been deployed with Skywarn, drove to St. John's Regional Medical Center, also located in Springfield. Both of these hospitals are regional medical centers for southwest Missouri. Upon arriving and finding that the radio rooms near the incident command centers were void of any amateur equipment, operators at both locations began relaying information from doctors and nurses from using their own mobile radio gear. This to begin the crucial process of moving injured from the overwhelmed Freeman Hospital to several Springfield trauma centers. With immediate needs met, the hospitals work with amateurs to provide locations for the operators to set up mobile radios as base stations so the communications could continue. One was located in an incident command at St. John's and the other in the ambulance bay of Cox South. 
As this was occurring, KD0BWT grabbed a handy talkie and headed for Ozarks Community Hospital where he established mobile command. A short time later, Pat Conway, WA6JSM, and Clifton Smith, KC0SQU, responded by taking a mobile unit to Ozarks and setting up a more permanent station at that location. The amazing band operating that had allowed the initial communications began to fade, and KA0SPM deployed to the National Weather Service in Springfield where he relayed messages via the 145 1 repeater. That machine had survived the tornado that ravaged other parts of the Joplin area. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Don Carlson, KQ6FM, reporting from Reno, Nevada. CQ, CQ, calling all radio amateurs and shortwave listeners. This is GB2RS, the news broadcasting service of the Radio Society of Great Britain. Some members may have noticed the ARRL news item on oceanographic radars on 5 MHz, which concerns a U.S. proposal in the WRC-12 preparatory process for allowing wave-sensing radars to use 5.250 to 5.450 MHz, amongst other frequencies, whilst the Inter-American Telecommunication Commission, CITEL, or S-C-I-T-E-L, may adopt this proposal, our regional telecommunications organisation, CPT, is moving towards a European common proposal that in the 5 megs region proposes the band 5.060 to 5.160 megahertz. ARRL DXCC manager reports that the current VK0KEV de-expedition to Macquarie Island has been approved for DXCC credit. If you have cards that were recently rejected for this operation, Send an email to the ARRL DXCC desk. Once your record is updated, results will appear in the logbook of the world accounts or in the live daily DXCC standings. A new amateur radio group has been formed for radio amateurs who are also members of one of the emergency services. The group will initially be coordinated via Facebook. It's open to retired or serving members of any emergency services and is free to join. Simply search for Emergency Services Amateur Radio DX Group on Facebook and sign up or contact Jim, GM0GMN, QTHR, for more information. Hello, I'm Aidan, Echo India 7, Julia Charlie, the news editor of the Irish Radio Transmitters Society. The World's Castles Weekend. Now, I know there are not many castles in VK, but yes, you do have some. That one on the Sunshine Coast in VK4 comes to mind. Well, the World's Castles Award will be holding an activation weekend on Saturday 25th and Sunday the 26th of June for anyone interested in activating a site. More information can be found at the webpage in your text edition. Best read when you can visit wia.org.au. For the Wireless Institute of Australia, I'm Aidan, Echo India 7, Juliet Charlie. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. This is Ian, VK7, India Romeo. 
From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK for FUQ. Special Events and On-Air Contest Column, Dateline 2011. June 18 and 19, WIA Winter VHF UHF Field Day, this weekend. June 25, WIA VK ZL Trans Tasman 160m SSB. July 9, WIA 160m CWN Digital Trans Tasman Contest. August 20 and 21, Worldwide IWLW. October 22, WIA Jack Files Contest. Special Event Stations DX and Beacon in Advice. More celebrations. Members of the Japan A1 Club will activate the following special course until December 31st. HA1MORSE, HA1MORSE Stroke 2, HA1MORSE Stroke 3, etc. According to the district from which they are active from. Activities to celebrate the 220th anniversary of Samuel Morse's birthday. Operations will be mainly CW with some SSB to explain to novices how to join the CW community. Some special awards are also available too. QSL via the Bureau. Logs will be updated to LOTW as well. Ethiopian Amateur Radio Society gets back on the air. The Ethiopian Amateur Radio Society EARS club station ET3AA is once again active on the air as of May the 30th. According to the IRU Region 1 webpage, Professor Dr. Heiko Schroeder, head of the Technical Faculty of the University of Addis Ababa, and Hans Blondell Tipperman, President of IIA Region 1, cut the ribbon to reopen the new shack. The station has a 17 element 6 to 30 MHz log periodic antenna. New Russian Prefect System in Use If you have been on the HF bands lately, you may have noticed that a number of new prefixes are in use by stations in the Russian Federation. The ARRL have issued a summary of the changes recently adopted by the Russian Telecommunication Authorities. Russian prefixes with the numeral 2 are no longer limited to Kaliningrad. Stations with RA2 and UA2 stroke UI2, with the letters F and K as the first letter in the suffix, are used in Kaliningrad. Otherwise, these prefixes are used in European Russia. There are pages and pages of changes, all very complicated, so again we suggest you visit at least wia.org.au and read the summary in this week's text edition of this WIA National News. Media Watch John VK5NX, who conducted last weekend's 40-minute broadcast of this news from Adelaide, had 32 callbacks. Well, what a blast. I had stations call in from VK1, 1, VK2, 4, VK3, 8, VK4, 1, VK5, 16, VK6, 1, VK7, 1. In all, a total of 32 stations. I figure that is a reasonable score for the 40 minute relay for Sunday the 12th of June. Best 73, John, VK5, NX. Ham Radio, a New York Times podcast. Amateur Radio features in a technology podcast produced by the New York Times. In the podcast, Walter Barringer talks about amateur radio, which he describes as a breeding ground for new engineers. The amateur radio item occurs about a third of the way through the show. Listen to it at the URLs in the text edition, wia.org.au. Inside Amateur Radio Magazine for July, here is VK3PV. The July edition of the WIA Journal is jam-packed with interesting articles, including coverage of the recent annual convention held in Darwin. 
The technical items include a review on the ICOM IC9100 transceiver by Michael Coleman, VK3KH, and Peter Freeman, VK3PF. More on that magnetic loop by Jim Tregellis, VK5JST, and a 6-metre conversion of a PRM80 from Matt Bilston, VK3VS. In a fitting tribute to the late Neil Penfold, VK6NE, Silent Key discusses the ins and outs of QSLing. A G's visit to VK from the findings of Ian Hollingsby, G3TDT, slash VK3BIH, makes an interesting read. The Publications Committee reports that it is low on suitable articles and front cover photographs and invites contributions for both. Amateur Radio Magazine, a WIA membership service and available at selected news agents. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1 WIA. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In WA, it can be heard on 146.7 MHz and also on 7.075 MHz, relayed via the Northern Corridor Radio Group Station, the K6ANC, at 9am local time. And I'm James, VK6FJA. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Military Revolutionary military antenna approach unveiled. 11 years of development have finally paid off for Fractal Antenna Systems Incorporated. The firm announced that it has perfected a new wideband antenna approach based on its proprietary Fractal technology. The new approach, dubbed Dissimulation Antennas, is designed to solve the problems encountered with real antennas in the warfighter's environment. The modern warfighter needs a wideband antenna. Previous efforts that are now in use are highly restricted by their size, component complexity, weight, power handling and heat dissipation, as well as frequency coverage. One key advantage of the dissimulation antenna approach is the deceptiveness of their appearance relative to their performance matrix. Good luck eyeballing one of these antennas and guessing what they're being used for or how well they work. Most can hardly be recognised as being antennas. The dissimulation antenna line is sold to US government, DOD and NATO nations only. And in other news, in VK3, IRLP is celebrating a very special birthday. VK3's first IRLP node turned 10 years old on the 11th of June 2011. Ten years ago, Tony, VK3JED, and myself, David, VK3JDA, were talking on air about this new system called IRLP that Tony had seen in Sydney. After about ten minutes on air, we had donations of a PC, radio, and money for the controller board. Node 630 started life on VK3 RGL 2 meter repeater and now Node 6300 lives on the VK3 RMC Moorabbin District Radio Club's 70 centimeter repeater. Watch out for the full story on Node 6300's history. I'm David, VK3 JDA. Well that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. As time goes by, VK4BB rewinds to Ham Radio's Halcyon days. 
Rewinding we go, and Percy Roberts, now silent key VK6XR, was, back in 1961, among a group of Katanging hams who took part in the 24-hour RD, the Remembrance Day contest. Now, some 50 years later, Percy's great-grandson, VK6FAME, is set to follow in his footsteps. David Burke is VK6FAME. He obtained his licence in January this year at the age of 10 years and one month. I wonder if he's the youngest in VK6. Anyway, VK6FAME will be contesting in the RD from Perth. His great-grandfather, Percy, or better known as Robbie Roberts, VK6XR, was a rat of Trebrook in the war in 1941 who held his ham licence for approximately 60 years after being a comms officer in the war. Robbie passed away six years ago. Unfortunately, Robbie never saw either David or David's dad, Miles, get their calls. On the social scene from VK1WIA and the National News Service, July 16, VK3, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest at the Cranbourne Community Hall. Hope you're all there at 10am. July 16 in VK4, Maribor Electronics and Radio Group's Wide Bay Hamfest at the West Scout Hall. Adriani Street, Maribor. Hope you're all there at 8.30am. July 31, VK23, Riverina Field Day at 10am at Lavington Scout Group Hall. August 7 in VK2, the Lismore Region's Sarkfest. September 11, VK3, SADARC Comms Day at St Augustine's Hall at Shepparton, 10am. September 16 to 18 in VK4, the North Amateur Radio Convention. This is in Townsville, the NQ Amateur Radio Convention, and Region 3 ARDF Championships, VK3 Bendigo, happens the weekend after, September 23 to 28. September 30 through to October 2, in VK4, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM at Camp Fairburn, and November 20, VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest, the Goodwood Community Centre, Rosa Street, Goodwood. Well, that's it for another week. I'm Graham VK4BB. Catch you all again next week. Until then, walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.